Alrighty, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lassis with Tech for Accountants IT, specializing in the accounting industry. And with us today, we've got Luke Templin, who's grown four cast coaching lines into over six figures, including his own A2 advisors. And currently now he's guiding others to do the same with his newsletter, the Cast Cash, the tongue twister, the Cast Cash. And uh, doing many courses on Cast, he's building findaily.io with uh, Jason that was on the show a couple of months ago, part of that project as well with uh, Realize. And essentially what that's doing is giving accounting firms an automated approach to short-term cash flow reporting. And one of his clients' favorite, most impactful reports, and I know you kind of had a, saw a bigger picture of that. So Luke, welcome to the show. And I'd love to hear kind of your background intro on the, I mean, you've got a whole lot of things going on, but the findaily.io, could you give us like a helicopter view and kind of dig into what got you interested in that? Yeah, thanks, Andrew, for the intro. So yeah, when I was, when Realize was creating FinDaily, I was one of the alpha testers and immediately it attracted me because the top thing I do for all clients is short-term cash flow planning. And FinDaily reminded me a lot of a mini version of Profit First, gives you a quick snapshot into what your available cash is as an owner, which most owners grasp real quickly when they see that. And the other thing I loved about it is I sold dashboards in the past. Owners love dashboards for about a month or two, and then they stop going and logging in. So FinDaily automatically sends the email to the owner, anyone else on the team, daily or weekly. So there is no more logging in. It's in their inbox that they're checking frequently. So it's kind of meeting people at the spot that they want to be met at. And that's kind of the concept behind Profit First is that most people are looking at their checking account balance and making decisions just based off of that balance. So you're kind of modifying based on what people's behavior normally is. So not a lot of people are just anti-email. Like I check my email once a, once a week and go away. You know, most people are living in their inbox probably more so than they should. But so you're meeting people uh, where they want to be met, which is a great concept. And so with these emails, basically, is this a newsletter information's getting pulled in from resources like QBO, Plaid, things like that, and showing them right then and there. Here's your available. Check. What are what are the possibilities of it? What are the limitations of it as far as what your clients are getting? Is this manual every day? You click a button. What does all this look like? Yeah. So right now it feeds in either QuickBooks Online or Zero, the two accounting integrations, and then can pull in bank data via Plaid, and it also has a Zapier integration. So without once you set the template up, once it take it takes maybe 10, 15 minutes to set one up. It is automatically every day or weekly, whatever schedule you set, sending the real available balance to them, sending them mainly the information in the accounting system today is outstanding bills, outstanding AR, and then it can pull in things like KPIs and OKRs out of spreadsheets that businesses are using, especially if they're operating on something like EOS, where they're doing this reporting anyways manually most of the time. It can automate all of that. Yeah, so so basically you hit on all the things that 
that I do in my company in in like its own modified way. Like we do EOS, we do profit first in our own sort of tinkering ways over the last couple of years. So I'm a big fan on uh, those dashboards as well and the KPIs and seeing you know the health of the business because uh, I had shared this before, but you know our company it went from me and my living room to 50 employees in a pretty short period of time, like two years, six offices. This is you know pre-COVID. And I just kind of thought I had everything figured out and I wasn't paying attention to any of the actual running of the business side of things. We just, we were very fortunate, right place, right time, right product, right people, a whole lot of things fell into place. And I wasn't really keeping an eye on anything. And then one day I'm realizing the bank account used to go up a lot. Now it doesn't go up as much. And then it hit me and it's like, isn't this lower than it usually is? And then kept going through that. And then it was like, I guess I got to fire 10 people, fire 10 people, come to find out that I didn't do the math correctly. It needed to be 20 for us to get above water. So then after having a meeting with people after the first 10 saying, you are, your jobs are safe, don't worry, I understand, like I failed you, and then firing 10 more saying, I know we had this talk last month. I hadn't done the math. Now I have done the math. Your jobs actually are safe, but I screwed up. I wasn't paying attention. So if I had something like this in like 2016, 2017, it would have made, I wouldn't have that anecdote probably. Or maybe it would just be like <laughs> shaving off like one or two as it went down or like putting the gas back on where we needed it instead of just traveling the world with my now wife and girlfriend. Everything, everything happens for a reason, right? So for sure. So you could be getting these reports straight into your inbox. So you don't have to go to the dashboard. You don't have to go somewhere and actually pull them up. It's just where you already are, which is it's such a such a no-brainer. But I think a lot of people really really get honed in on like here's our dashboard. Our dashboard is better. So <laughs> stop doing what you're not already doing add this to your life and everything gets better and that's a it's a cool concept of just taking what you already do and just a little little tweak well yeah and to your point that's why when i first read profit first that's why it registered to me because in my experience every entrepreneur has one habit and that habit is they're either going out to their bank account daily or weekly and seeing what the balance is but what they're not factoring in is the taxes they owe the bills that are coming due you know, that large AR balance that's sitting out there and no one's really paying attention to until, you know, it becomes essentially a shit show and <laughs> you need cash badly. And so it's essentially a simplified version of profit first. It's creating that same habit. Now the bank, now the owner doesn't even have to log into their bank account because it's getting fed to them. But then it's also laying on the accounting data, which I have found most owners especially when things get tough, they kind of just put that out of their mind. They don't want to look at it because they don't understand it. They know it looks bad. And so it, it kind of kills two birds with one stone. It's funny you say they don't want to look at it and don't acknowledge it. So we, it's always slower for us since we work with a lot of tax accountants. So you know, March, April, and October, September are usually pretty slow because everyone's really busy. And um, We've grown a lot since we started keeping track of our KPIs and like looking at the the metrics as time goes on. And 
in the uh, Google Sheet where we have the information put in so we could just glance at it. We had conditional formatting on it. So like if profit is above X, highlight it green. If we had a, a bunch of a KPIs in there and the company's grown so much since we started doing those in like 2019 that like even though right now it's pretty slow for us, like everything's green, like everything for the last like year it's just all green, 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 green. Everything's great. And then I was like, you know, I should probably like reevaluate these KPIs, even though I don't want to see that it's the red color because the green color makes me feel happier. It's like the reality is when we're slammed in December and we have to hire a ton of people versus where it is now, where it cools off until it picks back up later. It's like, you know, I should be making decisions and acknowledging that these problems exist. Why do these problems exist? Is this a, is this a story I'm telling myself or is it the fact of the matter? The last week of March at the time of the recording tax season, when you work with a lot of tax accountants, it checks out why there's a lot of red, right? No one's really interested in cybersecurity when you've got your entire year of work ahead of you and two weeks to get it done. And so I know with the other side of what you're doing with A2 advisors, you guys, you're focusing more on the advisory side, that virtual CFO versus the clients aspect. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. What we're doing with our clients is we're essentially coaching them on their financials so they understand it and get financial clarity and then helping them plan for future growth. So hopefully, knock on wood, they don't have to fire 20 to 30 employees. And they can strategically add people when it makes financial sense for them. And so when you talk about adding people, I've, I've heard two sides of the coin curious on your side with the like growth and hiring. So some people are on the coin of hire before you need them and then you will grow into it. And that is the wise investment. But then on the other side of why would I have people on payroll, my most expensive thing waiting for something to happen, but you can get them trained. And I, this applies more in like the small business space. And you work with companies that are doing less than 1.5, right? So like in the 250 to 1.5 is sort of who you're, you've been working with. Yeah. So that's my, so in June, I'm launching a cohort. Historically, I've not worked with smaller businesses. Historically, my biz, my kind of niche has been a million to 10 million. The camp, I kind of live in the happy medium of the camp. So Definitely have the sales before you have the people, but you need to make sure your pricing builds in additional capacity. Like you shouldn't have your producers 100% slammed. They should have some capacity to do learning events, to do biz dev, to do whatever it is, content creation, like getting the brand out. But then when you have new sales come in, they can also fill that spot until you get to a a financial spot where you can add in another person. Yeah, that obviously it's is one of those things that like it hindsight's always going to be 2020, you know, looking back on was this the the right decision, wrong decision and I've I've experienced that where, you know, we hired too much too fast and you know, it's just the learning lessons of the entrepreneur. We had uh, one situation we had taken on a gigantic new client and they were just, I mean, it was, it was a crazy amount of work. We, we hired, it seems 20 is the magic number. So 
we had hired 20 people basically in two weeks. Wow. And, and everything on fire. So we went from like 30 to 50 in two weeks with a gigantic new thing. And it's funny because that company had just started off. It was just three people in a garage and I was just kind of doing them a favor. And then without really telling us, they grew to like 40 people and they were sending us like tons of work, like 100 new clients per day. And it was just like, how do you keep up with this? And it's like, it'll probably last forever, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no answer for that kind of growth that's incredible <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean then when they went out of business and you know you talk about that big awkward ar was another learning lesson no <laughs> yeah in, and, in our journey but yeah, then we and, had all those employees and not the work to do it and you live and learn yeah another thing we recommend with our clients is having a cash reserve and it, it depends on the growth rate, how big, but typically around three months, one for the downtimes, you know, if sales dry up, you've got a safety reserve, but also, uh, I'm in Omaha, so I'm a Buffett fan. Uh, Buffett calls it his elephant gun. So when opportunities pop up, like being able to hire 20 people, you've got a cash cushion to do that. And actually that's how Finn Daly came. I had my mini elephant gun, Finn Daly came along and I bought it. So Elephant guns seem to be the move to to um to the explosive growth. Is there anything that and I mean the Finn Daly is an awesome example. Do you have anything sort of like anecdotally of where having that reserve turned into something big for you or some sort of opportunity? Maybe the flip side, like if you didn't have the the cash flow available and something kind of passed you by. Any any other examples with that? Yeah, not for me personally, but I've I've had clients where that cash reserves helped when when sales have dried up and they were able to to hold on and not make cuts right away. And we saw that with COVID. You know, mm -hmm. it's like and and ironically, it's like you're in IT, like that was supposed to explode, but that wasn't wasn't our experience. But having the cash flow, I mean, my my whole life been a saver. My mom was a banker, my dad's a stockbroker. So it's just been like drilled into me, like never spend money ever because you're a bad person if you do. <laughs> I have that same thing. Yeah. So when um, so when when disaster struck, you know, we were able to ride it out and then, you know, got we're, we're able to take advantage of things like ERC and PPP and idle. And it's, it's funny with ERC. It's like we we applied for it. I want to say it was like over two years ago. And we still haven't gotten the final one. And it's like, oh, it's done. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll take it. Like, I already had to pay taxes on it. So, okay. But you'd think maybe they would have put like a little extra, you know, a little extra attention, a little extra speed if this is supposed to be saving everyone. Like, we were able to keep people employed because we were able to keep them employed based on, mm -hmm. you know, the, the elephant gun. But it's like we were depending on that. You'd think yeah, maybe well, I, a little I, more speed. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd think like a week or two would be like an appropriate amount of time, not a year or two. But, hey, you know, hopefully that check arrives sometime. Yeah. One I, of these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of these days. They probably just their plan is like, look, we're going to be martyrs. But like, hopefully you forget about it and you'll either go out of business before you get it. Or you'll be okay and not need it and maybe forget about it if you do get it. Mm -hmm. So on the 
on the topic of taking the advisory approach versus taking the approach of strictly compliance, why, what is sort of your viewpoint on being that trusted advisor in taking a look at that model versus just the, here's your numbers, I get you your numbers and there's your numbers. Yeah, it's it's kind of twofold. One, when I was in a CPA in CPA firms doing what I was doing, it was a lot easier for me to close kind of the advising side because clients just found more value to it. The compliance side is just kind of necessary evil. They see it as we have to do it, not we want to do it. So there's a big value prop there, but it also fits kind of my personality, more visionary, future forward looking. And so I thoroughly enjoy the work where processing and doing a bunch of month end closes, that's just not where I get my energy. Yeah, like you had mentioned, the the piece of the necessary evil. Kind of look at my uh, my buddy owns a landscaping company and like the lawn maintenance. He's like, it's the worst part of my job, but it's like our <laughs> lo- it's like our loss leader loss in leader, landscaping, yeah. but it's like what everyone looks at and they still need it, you know, especially in Florida. Like grass is gonna keep growing. It's a nice place to be. But the the thought of the advisory versus the compliance. And they just recently had done a demo using chat GPT where they like uploaded tax code and they were like, what is the amount of taxes due for this specific situation? And it got it right to the penny. So what are kind of your thoughts with the AI kind of takeover and what that's going to look like? Yeah, I th- uh, it's it's super interesting. I think on the very elementary stuff, it will it will definitely take that over and the industry using like partnering with it can only make our industry better because there's already a lack of talent i actually it's kind of funny i posted on twitter today i did a coaching call earlier this week and a client's like my cash i don't think my cash is right so i was like okay let's look at our bank rec your bank rec and there was a hundred and thirty five thousand dollars of uncleared checks that were inflating his cash balance and 135 dollars $135,000 to this business was very significant. And his bookkeeper was one of the, is a VC backed AI driven bookkeeping shop. And it's like, this is bookkeeping 101. Like, <laughs> and so I think the technology still has a ways to come, but I'm for it because I don't like that type of work, but it helped. I think it helps people like me speed up that type of work. Yeah. Helping. I'm not sure where it's, I, I'm sure in the future, it'll just be like, we look back on this because it's so brand new. Mm-hmm. It's so, I mean, it's existed in simpler forms. And I recall I'd watched a video on like GPT-3, like a couple, two years ago, we'll call it. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like, look, look what this thing that these special people have special access to. This thing exists. Mm-hmm. What if it was available in the public and now that it's on 3.5 and they're doing betas with uh, four for the people that spend the uh, $20 for premium and my, myself in that camp. I, I love the thing, but having it handle sort of the just dumb stuff that like kind of anyone could be doing, you know, if that's your value prop is something that can just get completely replaced by a robot, then Yes, like it's going to take away jobs, but also 
it's going to create new opportunities like the job of prompt creator for gpt like that didn't exist and now i guarantee if it doesn't exist it will exist or someone that's coming up with creative ways to implement the technology like we have a beta currently where a client sends in a, a ticket request for a select few of them we have it with the thank you we've received your your ticket we'll respond to you in the order it was received thank you for your patience and now we have that same thing with a little bit at the bottom we're beta testing an ai we can't give you any guarantee on this however if you're looking to try to solve it on yourself the ai recommends these steps and we have a prompt on the back end saying you know like this is a ticket that the customer has submitted if it is something that has sequential steps involved explain to them how to do it in very simplified terms giving step-by-step -step instructions something along those lines and in the small amount of testing that we've been doing it's like anybody could have googled this to get them the answer anyway so on our side it's less labor less work to do something that's fairly menial and easy to do to begin with on the client side they're getting faster answers faster results and able to get their work done quicker and yes they could have circumvented us gone straight to chat gpt to begin with and you know our value prop is different than you send us an email and we give you an automated response with it that's just sort of like a cherry on top of how we can use this technology to innovate and not worry so much about oh it's going to take away our job because like google basically could take away <laughs> like 99 percent of it or youtube you know but it's like knowing how to use it harness it understand it you know these are these are all things that i think when firms embrace it, I think they're going to see just really how powerful it is. And the ones that embrace it are going to see huge, huge wins with it. And the ones that say, no, like, because my returns are done on a calculator with tape, like I never make a mistake and just kind of living in the past, you're, I just don't see how you win. Your yeah. clients aren't going to value that you did it by hand and didn't <laughs> make a mistake. Like that's it's assumed, you know, like get me the information and, oh, okay, I've got Finn Daly that's doing it automatically. And will that also just coming back to it, just will, will that be taking reports? Like if someone hadn't done the bank recs yet, will it be pulling things like PNL reports or is it more just here's the balance of as of right now? Yeah, right now. So it's, it's going out, it can go pull the bank balance out of the the accounting file or it can go pull it out of your actual bank. So right now it's it's just pulling whatever data is in there. There's no trigger mechanism, but that's definitely on the, the development list to add some sort of okay, the bank's the bank rec's been complete, generate XYZ. Guarantee you, you know, with the Zapier integration, you can integrate that to open AI. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's gonna be some sort of some sort of way that that's played and that's like on the back end how our tickets are getting handled where if tickets created and if email address is part of these people that have talked to us about it or are testing then reply use the chat gpt or the open ai integration use this as the prompt use this as the the piece that they put in and get the get the results so i mean it's there actually yeah. 
Jason had posted on like LinkedIn, like today's today's a big day, like open AI released the API. I was like, is this on Zapier? Oh, it is. Okay. Everything changed. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're commercial on the uh like hooking into Twitter, just like replying automatically in Twitter is amazing. I don't know if you've seen that. And no, I haven't, but that's it's, happening. I mean, yeah, yeah. You can plug it into your essentially the commercial is plugging into your business Twitter account and having it auto reply for you. And the the crazy thing with it is the responses it you can put it into like an AI detector and there's things that I guess it leans towards that like software can kind of detect if AI had completely written or like what percentage mm-hmm. does it think a human? But I think a lot of times, yes, we want to have a human response when we're dealing with something that's very specific, that isn't just, don't give me an autoresponder, don't give me the knowledge base, like here is my very specific use case and you've never talked about it before, so this isn't going to do. But for a lot of stuff, especially as it starts to develop and you can have more contextual data with your customers and things, it's going to be able, it's going to be a lot more powerful. Another, another example we had done, we have our uh, purchase history for all of our customers and we had put in there explaining to chat GPT what it's looking at. Here is the date. Here's what this means. Here's all these pieces to it. And we asked it to, to predict what their renewal amount would be for and what they would purchase. So using it in a sales environment just for, and I mean, these were things that we were doing it on our own. You know, we'd look at it and it's like, huh, they've spent X thousand dollars every single year on March 30th. It's like fairly predictable that that's going to happen again, but that you can copy paste it and it gets you the same result. And then it gives you a giant explanation about why it came up with that. It's like, that's cool. Cause like when we have new employees and we're trying to explain, like, here's what you need to look at and stuff. It's, it's not the most intuitive thing It's changed over the last eight years too. So it's like, you'll see this, it means that. And then you'll see that here after 2018, but don't trust it. It's a trap. (laughs) So, so putting the context of things in there, it's really, it's really cool. So do, do you think that, that there's going to be a spot for AI in the advisory, like here's my client's books. Tell me about it. Yeah, for sure. I think there's going to be like purchasing trends. A lot of the F, kind of the FPNA, the financial analysis. I think there's going to be a lot of like trend analysis that should be pretty simple for ChatGPT to do. Digits has kind of built it a little bit, but it's not robust enough for like someone like myself to use. But just simply like comparing two GL accounts over a month or comparing a, you know, current month versus a forecasted amount. Like why did this fluctuate? Like that's something I have contractors do today, but that is something I think in the near future, chat GPT should be able to solve. Yeah. I especially believe with the new version where you can basically like upload instruction manuals to it. And then it learns that it's, it's literally like the matrix. And the matrix, you just like plug in. It's like, how do I ride a motorcycle? And it's like, okay, now I can ride a motorcycle. It's like chat GPT. Like, how do I, how do I convince this person that like these would be the next moves that they should make? Or 
what nuances are happening here. And like, as we're saying this, I'm like running through ideas in my head, of like stuff I'm going to be playing with. <laughs> and just, Me I was, too. <laughs> I was like, I was like, ah, oh, damn, it can't import CSVs. That would be so cool. You could take like, you know, but that'll, I mean, you probably just copy paste just the text, and tell it what it's looking at, but you know, being able yeah. to have like month by month of reporting and saying, you know, point out to me where there's discrepancies or like vendors that have raised their prices or things like that. And then also tie it into like your email and see if they had gotten an email from that vendor saying that they're raising prices or the invoice and like an analyzing it. And Microsoft has, um, it's called Copilot. I haven't looked into it yet, but they're basically taking, you can get the context of, uh, Excel documents, Word documents, emails, and have context all in one spot, kind of like what practice management softwares are looking for, but it's just built into what a lot of people are doing. And I just don't see how this won't just completely, completely change everything. I've had the feeling on like a couple things in my life, I just don't see how this would be a fad or anything more than just remember what we... Like, you know, people are like, what did we do before? Like we had internet on cell phones. Like, did you just sit in a waiting room bored? Like, is, <laughs> is that what happens in waiting rooms? You just, it just sucks. Twiddling your thumb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there was a, I forget, I'd heard it on podcast, but like, when's the last time you were bored? There's just so much. Yeah, that's stuff. a good point. Always. So, you know, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, Luke, and the things we've hit on, you know, with. Profit first and hitting with the advisory, chat GPT, findaily.io. We're going to have links in the show notes for people that can get in touch with you. But for those listening, where's the best place to connect with you? Probably Twitter. That's where I'm the most active when it comes to talking about casts and then my newsletter, the uh, cast cache, which is very much a tongue twister. I struggle myself saying it. So those are the two places. And then Come check out findaily.io. It's 30-day free trial. I love hearing feedback on it. Awesome. Yeah. And so we'll have we'll have links in the show notes. And so Twitter, how much of it is real Luke? All real Luke. Right All now. All real Luke right now. I really, I really want to make Finn Daily's account like a true bot. Like I play a little bit like it's a bot, but I, I really want to make it like a funny bot. <laughs> oh, I mean, I have a feeling that that's not gonna be. Uh, too too difficult to pull off one one of the guys that works with us we always do cat puns back and forth and and i'd put into chat gpt i was like give me a list of cat pun he had said something that was like really good and i copy paste i was like give me a cat pun to respond to this and it gave me like the perfect response and he was like oh man that was really good I was like, oh darn i feel bad like, it's like I, I cheated on this but like it's for yeah. the love of the game, right? <laughs> yeah, a little cheat code. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Luke, thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, if you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, share, and like. Help us grow the channel, grow the show, and get awesome people like Luke on. Luke, Luke, ugh, excuse me. Luke, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Andrew, for having me. I had a blast.